this beautiful singing in one place in Italy, and that is in the Grotto Azura on the island of Capri. We decided to mix things up today and lure you in with this lovely singing instead of our usual music intro. Benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I am here with my co-host and partner in life, Tommaso. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, Tommaso. For those of you who may be listening for the first time to this specific episode, I want to introduce myself just a bit. I had been a fashion photographer, which is why I moved to Milano many years ago, and that is when I fell hard for the country. The Italians themselves, the history, the cuisine, the wine, the art, you name it, I love it all. After I met Tommaso, one of the first trips we took together was to Italy, and he too was hooked. He had basically only seen the coastal towns from his sailboat racing days. So he's thrilled to drive through the various regions and meet all my friends. Don't forget, dear, I was in Milano before I met you a couple of times. Oh, Dio mio, you were in Milano before I ever was. No, you could have been Milano at the same time. I forget <gasps> when I was there. Whoa. Not only Saint-Tropez, we were in Milano yes, together. That's true. We had a prior life together before we even knew each other. <laughs> Anyway, so here we are now recording episode 52 of our one-year-old podcast because I pivoted from my fashion photography career to a travel planner, specializing in customized trips to anywhere in Italy. And, you know, it may sound somewhat cheesy, but it is true when I say that no two trips are alike, ever. And I can verify that. That's right. I've worked very hard on them to make them totally customized. Anyway, so... Episode Cinquanta Due, episode 52, and it is on the great big rock that soars out of the Tyranian Sea just off the coast of Napoli and Salerno. The island of Capri has been long known as a magnet for legendary artists, writers, actors, basically anyone addicted to the intoxicating natural beauty of this place and the party life. Yeah, a little <laughs> Do you remember bit. the Rat Pack and... Bridget Bardot and yes. everyone, the, the beautiful people, mm-hmm. went to Capri. I've never been there, so I'm not beautiful. <laughs> You'll get there. Yes. And just so all of you get the pronunciation correct, it's Capri, not Capri. The short pants that had their fashion debut in the mid-1950s, and they were worn all over the island, hence the name, most likely. And I want you to stand apart as you're taking a looking for the boat from Amalfi or Positano to go to Capri. And I don't want you to be one of those tourists going, excuse me, where's the boat to Capri? <laughs> you have to, you'll get a better seat on board. If you say, pardon me, where's the boat to Capri? There you go. Just trying to help you out. Uh, they'll look at you and go, Signora, <laughs> si. you have the pants on the Capri pants. <laughs> anyway, the name Capri may have stemmed from the Latin word for Caprea the Latin word of Caprea, I should say, which means goats. Or some people say the Greeks were first there and they called it Kapros with a K. And Kapros in Greek are wild boars. Either way, once you get close to the island of Capri as you're arriving on a boat and you look up at this jagged rock of an island, you can totally visualize mountain goats, mountain boars running all over. And yet, then the people came. And it was our busy, busy friend, Caesar Augustus, who fell in love with the island. <laughs> He's all over the place, right? It's like very, Napoleon. Very busy, yes. Yes. Um, 
He first landed on the island in 29 BC. And supposedly, legend has it, that he fell so in love with Capri that he traded the much smaller island of Ischia for Capri with the king of Naples or the city kingdom of Napoli. So that was 29 BC. However, excavations over the years at various sites, mostly like when larger type of hotels on the island were excavated or renovated, they found Neolithic tombs and worship sites. So people may have inhabited Capri all the way back to 3000 BC. Who wouldn't want to live there? (laughs) Well, the thing is, the Neolithic period is when humans... It's described by, it's when humans switched from hunter-gatherer to farmer, to agriculture, to grow their own food instead of killing it. So all I can think of is imagine choosing that rock of an island in 3000 BC to start planting vegetables. Hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a long way from the coast. How did they get there 3000 years ago? Anyway. After Augustus's death, his adopted son, Tiberius, who I have mentioned many times before, but in Italian, his name is Tiberio. Tiberio took over the Roman Empire, and when he was in his 60s, he visited Capri and fell in love with it. So this was in the year 27 AD. But some stories have it that he was exiled there because he was doing a fairly poor job running the Roman Empire. So whether he was exiled there or just chose to move there, he did so in 27 AD, and he basically abdicated all of his duties and never returned to Rome. Maybe he just wanted to, maybe he actually wanted to abdicate his duties. Exactly. Just so he could live in In that sweet spot. Capri. Capri. (laughs) He's joking. (laughs) Anyway, Tiberio indulged in all of his vices, which were mainly of the flesh. In our introductory episode on the Amalfi Coast, which is episode number 47, I told the juicy story of what Tiberio did to his lovers when he tired of them. So have a listen. It's pretty interesting. Oh, yes. I remember that. (laughs) Bad, bad boy. He was. But he did have more than fun, however. He had about 12 significant villas built on the island there during his time. And the most well-preserved one is Villa Jovis, which I spoke about earlier as well. You can actually walk to Village Ovis from the main piazza in Capri. There are two villages on this island. One is named Capri, like the island itself, and one is Ana Capri, just so you know. And it takes about 45 minutes to walk to Village Ovis, and it's totally worth it. You'll be completely enamored by the views and these subtropical plants and flowers along the way. And then when you get there... You're looking at the ruins, what's left of this villa built on this remote island around 25 AD. So right then in there, that's staggering. It's like when we were in Rome in that church, that basilica with the three layers, and you stood there knowing you're standing on stone from BC. Yes. So the same kind of feeling here, but yet you're on an island, you're outside. The location is prime. You know, he chose the best places for these 12 villas. It's absolutely breathtaking, and you're standing on the ruins of one of the Roman Empire's villas. Like, 
so cool. That's extraordinary. It really makes you think. I mean, we run around in the United States thinking 200 years, right. 300 years is old. <laughs> Williamstown is old. Right. Williamsburg, I mean. Williamsburg <laughs> or Cape Cod, where we were this past weekend. Right. Well, anyway, this village Ovis is on the top of a cliff, of course, and has a commanding view of the entire Bay of Naples. You can see the islands of Ischia and Procida and further south all the way to the Bay of Salerno. You can visit so many places like that. There's another ancient Roman site also built by Tiberio called Villa Dame Cuta, which is an odd word. I looked it up. I couldn't even figure out what it means. Dame would refer to a woman, but Cuta, I have no idea. Anyway, it's in the other village of Anacapri. You have to either take a taxi there or a bus to get to Anacapri, but that little village is less visited anyway, so I highly recommend trying to see this villa as well. So from the center of Anacapri, you can walk to Villa Damakuta, and it has another amazing location, incredible view, and it's directly above the Grotto Azura. Wow. Right? So you can walk down to the Grotto Azura, the Blue Grotto, but it's pretty steep. I won't say it's an easy walk, but you can do it. What happens when you walk down? You get there. Here's the deal with the Blue Grotto. It is a commercial machine. Oh, yeah. So you can only enter it in these little rowboats. You can technically fit four people. I recommend two of you at the most with the little skipper himself. And they're small wooden rowboats. And the entrance to the Blue Grotto itself is very low. So you have to lean back as you enter the grotto. It's maybe 25 yards wide, 65 yards long. And you're in there with your little skipper and maybe like 10 other boats. So it's kind of, you're not in there for long. It's kind of a machine. But is it amazing? Yes. And I was very fortunate as I described in episode 47, to be able to be in there alone, one boat, the models and myself and the singing. And it was magical. Models in the Blue Grotto. Yes. I took photos, you know, for fun. It wasn't really the appropriate place to do a fashion shoot, but we took photos. They weren't standing up. No, no. But the client was in there. It was basically an experience for all of us. And it was absolutely perfect. But if you walk from Villa Damakuta down these steep steps to the Blue Grotto, then you're there. You can see it from afar. You can take one of these boats. You might get lucky and be there on an off day and it might not be that crowded. So anyway, regardless, you can still see the glow of the water, which is just like the pictures you've seen. It's just a freak of nature, that one little spot that the light hits in the beginning and You go inside and it's just glowing. It's really, really incredible. When do they stop taking people in? They go most of the year on the nice weather and they do it from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. After that, finito. You are not supposed to swim in the Blue Grotto. It's illegal. But I would think that every single Caprese that was born and bred there has the right to go swim. They should, right? But I know that tourists sneak in at night and whatnot. And if you do get caught, you get fined. But you can swim in the waters close by, just not into the Blue Grotto. Okay. So says the law. (laughs) Anyway, the Blue Grotto, back to Tiberio for a minute. 
It apparently had been a marine temple for him because they later found statues around the grotto, which are now displayed in a museum in the village of Anacapri. And it's called, this little museum is called Casa Rosa, which means the Red House. And I highly recommend, if you're staying on the island for a couple of days, I highly recommend going in there, looking at everything, reading everything, because then when you walk around for the rest of the time you're there, you'll be like blown away at what you're looking at. So most of the people, I have to say, like I last did in 2019, most of the people are day trippers. So you wouldn't really have the time to do and see as much as you can and go into that museum. So that's why I'm here to tell you the history of everything. Because <laughs> I love history. It makes it so much better to know what you're looking at. Tiberio used the grotto as a marine temple. And after he died for hundreds of years, sailors avoided the grotto because of local legends that it was inhabited by demons. So finally, sometime in the mid-1800s, a few brave souls enter it and they put that myth to death because they all came out alive. (laughs) And now it's like the number one most visited spot on the island. (laughs) But for hundreds of years, no one touched it because it was demon-filled. The last time I was on Capri was in 2019 when I was with a group of eight people that I escorted in Umbria and the Amalfi Coast. So one day we planned to go do the day tripper thing like everyone else to Capri. So the day before I bought all the tickets and being the organized traveler that I am, I made everyone get up early and go to the dock and wait so that we could board the boat first and get those prime seats on the bow out in the fresh air. So we did. And as we were waiting, we were staying in Amalfi. So we're waiting at the boat dock there. And as we did, I became a little disheartened when I saw more and more people come behind us. And then the next thing you know, there's like hundreds of people. I was like, what? So anyway, the boat came and it was large, this high-speed ferry. And it only takes about an hour to get there. So as we were arriving on this boat, jam-packed with people, to the Marina Grande, the large marina where all the boats dock and let the passengers off, All of a sudden, I noticed like the same size boat coming from the direction of Napoli, another boat, same size coming from Salerno. Who knows? All these boats converged at the same time. And I was like, oh, my God. So since we were the first ones on the boat, we were basically the last ones off. And we when we got off the boat onto this large, very wide concrete dock, I just looked at the thousands of people in front of us. And I basically wanted to cry. I had no idea that it was this crowded. And the reason that it is so crowded and has been for the last few years was because there are these two mayors of the two villages I described earlier. One mayor from Capri and his cousin, I kid you not, was the mayor from Anna Capri. And they, the two totally disagreed on what was happening to tourism. The mayor of Capri wanted to allow endless amounts of boats, day trippers, cruise ships, etc. The cousin from Anna Capri wanted to completely ban cruise ships and limit the amount of day trippers, meaning limit the amount of tickets that could be sold on those boats. And you know, the only thing that put this feud to an end was COVID. 
because really? I was there in 2019, then COVID came and then boom. I don't know what's happening right now. However, I have seen photos, you know, of recent. I go look online. I see recent photos. I'm like, mm, a little crowded. And as a matter of fact, yesterday I spoke to a client who's going to be there in one month. Well, three and a half weeks. And he wants to go to Capri. So I explained to him if he goes into it knowing it's going to be crowded and if he takes the suggestions that I'm about to share here, he can have one of the most incredible days of his life, which is what happened on that very crowded day when I was almost crying. So there were eight of us, as I described, and one couple is from L.A. and they took one look at this and he said, listen, we have a uh, motorcycle in Los Angeles. We ride it all the time. Is there any way you can find me a motorcycle? I was like, boom, get out my phone, found a place, shipped him off. He was able to get one motorcycle. His wife sat on the back. And uh, as I will mention later, he said, they both said, actually, it's one of the best days of their lives because it's that beautiful. They got away on a motorcycle that they're accustomed to riding and they loved it. It's absolutely stunning. So here's my other suggestions of how to enjoy a crowded island. Okay, podcast audience, get out the pencils. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the crowded aspect. For those of you that love to shop, Capri, the village of Capri, has very high-end fashion designer stores, but they also have the local craftsmen that make all kinds of local goods. And their specialty are these handmade, custom-made leather sandals, mostly for women, but they also have some for men. And the deal is if you go day one and get a custom fitting, then they're finished, made by hand, day two or day three, or they will ship them to you. So if you're staying on the island, go get your custom sizing, order a pair of sandals, and then you get to wear them around Capri for the rest of your trip. Hmm. So for people that love to shop, that is crowded, but that is the best shopping in all of Southern Italy. And it's it's basically nirvana for serious shoppers. <laughs> <laughs> and one couple from my group who we've mentioned before, Stefano, the architect, and his wife, Caterina, I always give people Italian names while we're there. So Steve and Kathy went shopping. I was like, really? And he just rolled his eyes and she goes, I love to shop. And she loved every minute of it. She's a professional. She is. She loved every single minute of their shopping. Stefano, maybe not so not much. Not so much when he got the credit card bill. <laughs> right? But then later I heard, because I ran into them later, I'll, I'll tell you that. They, they went indoors to a restaurant for lunch and had one of the best meals of their trip. Very nice staff. And they chose to go inside to get away from the crowds. But anyway, that's if you choose to stay in the little village and enjoy what they do have to offer. But it will be crowded. And the other four, so two were on the motorcycle, two were shopping, and the other four just wanted to get away from the crowds. They were very unhappy with the amount of people they saw so they chose to take a bus to Anacapri, which is, as I mentioned, less crowded. But I did not want to go. Everyone can do whatever they want on days with trips with me. So I was left on my own and I thought, okay, I'm going to go on a walk because there's about five major hikes slash walks on the island of Capri. They're 
labeled well enough that you can find your way. It's not that difficult. And they have maps online and or old-fashioned paper maps. But I chose to take the Arco Naturale path, which means the natural arch. It's a stone arch. It's famous down on the coast, close to the Faraglione, the other spectacular stone rocks that just jut straight out of the ocean. So I decided to take that walk because I had previously been on other trips on basically all the other walks, like I described earlier, Villa Jovis and whatnot, the other Tiberius runes. So I take off on my own and it was, I would say, quasi easy walking, but basically Capri is like utopia for people that like to see a place via walking or hiking. So that's what I did. And I was on my way to the natural arch. But keep in mind, the day before we had uh, on this trip, which I mentioned in an earlier episode, I had fallen at the end of our the path of the God's hike. I fell on the mountains on the top of um, Positano, and I had a very, very swollen ankle. It wasn't broken, but I then did this walk on my own, which took about two and a half, three hours. And at the end of the day, when we took that boat ride back, my my ankle was the most swollen blob <laughs> you've ever seen. It was deep purple and black. I sent you photos. You're like, what? Yes. It was bad. But anyway, so I plowed through and I did this hike. And I will have to say that it has a lot of very steep steps that go both up and down. But it was worth it, sprained ankle or not. On this path, I walked through an ancient cave that was mind-blowing, past the famous Faraglione rocks I just described. And also, I was able to see the modernist house from the 1930s called Casa Malaparte. This house is in every architectural student's curriculum for its defining feature. It's very famous. And it has this flat roof. It's built on top of a cliff, naturally, but you look down on it from this hike, from this path. And the roof is flat. And then the side of the house opposite the water, the roof turns into stairs down. But yet on the top of the flat roof is like a third of a circular form. So from afar, the reference is like a Greek open air theater Hmm. in the landscape on this rocky cliffy edge. It's so incredible. And I was very excited to see it because in real life, because you can only see it from this path or the water. But any lover of modern architecture knows Casa Malaparte. Who designed it? An Italian who basically, I think his name was Lipari, something similar to that. And he designed it, but by the owner, Malaparte, who was, you know, really strict. I want this, this, this. And he kind of, the the architect didn't have much of a say. The architect is draftsman. Yes, exactly. But anyway, I was very excited to see it. And that was a thrill. And then you finally get down to Marina Piccola and the Faraglione and all of that. But keep in mind that I just told you how crowded Capri was when we landed, you know, on the boat, on the dock to the point I wanted to cry. While I was on this path and I stopped a lot to take a lot of pictures, if you went straight and didn't stop much, it would be probably two, two and a half hours to do the full circle. It took me about three. And literally, I'm not kidding. 
out of all those thousands of people that were in the main piazza of Capri, I ran across maybe five or 10 other people the entire time. And when you did come across someone else, you'd say, you, you had the same thing in common and you'd just say in whatever language, like, isn't this amazing? Did you see Casa Malaparte? Yes. Did you see the Faraglione? Go up and look at the stone arch from this direction. Everyone on that path is doing the same thing, has the same interest of seeing this unbelievable island by foot. Not shopping. Exactly. No offense to those that like no, to shop. That's to fine. Kathy. That's fine. Right. But it was unbelievable that there were five or 6,000 people a couple miles away. And there I was by myself with a few other people. In the end, I had to go back to Capri because I hadn't eaten all day. I thought, well, most of the touristy restaurants would be open. I don't want to do that, but I could at least find a gelato. So as I walked back into Capri, who do I see? Stefano and Caterina. They told me all about their shopping. She showed me everything. And then we did go into one store for like half an hour to decide on which scarf she bought. And she did. And it was lovely. And then I said, have you guys seen Marina Piccola? And they're like, no, where is it? It's like, let's go. So I go outside. I flag down this little taxi and they're so cute there. They're the quintessential Caprese taxi. And they're like this little low Jeep, kind of open air. Some are completely uh, convertible. Some have a little awning and they're all these bright colors. So we got in one that's like this lime green. The driver couldn't have been nicer. So I asked him to take us to Marina Piccola. And I said in Italian, by chance, do you know of a restaurant that might be open there? You know, because it's 3.30. So what are the odds? Probably not. But I just thought I'd ask. He goes, Hold on, gets out his cell phone and I kid you not, he calls, calls his cousin and I hear blah, 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 really rapid fast and I hear, understand her say, call me when you get here. So 10 minutes later, we arrive to the last part that you can drive in Marina Piccola. So we're up high on these, on top of these, like, I don't know, look like 200 stone steps down to the water. So he gets out of the car and when she said, call me when you're here, I thought that meant he'd pick up the phone again, but instead he gets outside and I can't remember her name, but let's say it's Lucia. So all of a sudden the driver goes, Lucia, Lucia, sto qui con gli americani. I'm here with the Americans. All of a sudden the door opens. She bursts out, spreads her arms out. Benvenuti. So we go in. There's only one other table of people in there and she introduces us and it's her cousin's children that <laughs> that had all just graduated from university. So they were having a celebratory dinner while the restaurant was closed. And there were about 12 of them and they were so nice. Well, where are you from? Blah, blah. And they were just finishing these platters of seafood that looked amazing, but the kitchen was closed. She was just being nice to the other cousin, the driver to let us come in. So we it also helps you ask him in Italian, probably. Yes, but you know what? They all speak English. I know. And if you were polite and kind in English, he might have done the same thing. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, so we ordered, what else? Gin e tonica. <laughs> and then she brought over, Lucia brought over some little bowls of chips and olives and peanuts, whatnot. And we had just the nicest time. 
So to be honest, we ordered another round. And then I took, um, I, I stood Katerina on the edge of the terrazza with the Ferra Leone behind her and I was taking some pictures. And all of a sudden her cell phone rings on the table. Stefano's looks at it and he said, hey, it's um, Bridget and Jan, the two people on the motorcycle, because they knew each other from L.A. So they saw us from the restaurant right below. They were having a late lunch. The owner of that restaurant let them stay there after they closed the kitchen. They looked up and saw us so we could almost yell to each other. But instead, they called on the phone and Katerina, Kathy put the phone on speaker and I heard them say, this has been one of the best days of our entire lives. And that's because they took the motorcycle, went on every little nook and cranny of the entire coastline. They stopped, they went swimming. Then they ended up in Marina Piccola because they were following the coastline. So you can have an amazing day, even though it's crowded. And if you can't or don't want to rent a motorcycle or a Vespa, or if you can't do a walk like I did, you can still hire one of those cute little taxis to take you all over the island. And you can see everything that we saw. So you can still have a really incredible day by just making the effort to get away from the hordes. So this is the moral of this episode. On this lovely but yet popular island, you can make it happen just by what I suggested. Rent a taxi, do the Vespa, do a motorcycle, take a hike. You can make it happen. Get away from the mob. Exactly. And then this will be the most important suggestion I'll make this entire episode. If you feel like splurging, Let's say that you saved money on an accommodation somewhere and you had some extra money in your budget. Rent a private boat from uh, Amalfi or Positano or any village, Chaitata, anywhere. They have them all over the coastline. Rent a private boat for the day and it will be like six to eight hour day. It costs about 1,400 euro, but if there were four of you, six of you, that's totally reasonable and these drivers they do it every day all day they know where to go they know the tides and the currents and how to make a smooth ride they know where to stop turn off the engine let you go for a swim they drive through the Farraglione those rocks they drive into the little inlets they can drive you by the Grotto Azura but not in there and I don't know that they would do this but I bet you the best idea ever would be if they dropped you off in Marina Piccola during lunch hour and then waited and picked you back up. I'm not 100% sure that they would do that, but otherwise just bring a picnic lunch from Amalfi. You will have the most amazing day ever, truly. And we can back that up because we have an Irish friend who is a captain of a boat in Palma, Mallorca in Spain, Clive. (laughs) Captain Clive is his name. Tom knows him from racing from years ago, and they are fast friends. We've known them for, geez, 15 years at least about. Yeah, 15 years. Anyway, so Clive is the captain of this 60-foot boat, 68-foot boat? 60 60 to 70-foot sloop, yes. Okay. 
And he has, from Palma, had some charters down on the Amalfi Coast. And each time that he takes clients there, he plans an entire day in Capri. They sail from Amalfi, they cruise around the island, and he says every single time that he takes clients there on his boat, that day is the favorite day of those clients of their entire week or two week charter. It so. really it really sets the tone for the tip at the end of the yes, charter. <laughs> Clive's a very smart guy. <laughs> but Clive has sailed all over the Mediterranean. So take it from our friend Clive, Capri is a dream. And that's it, Amici. Our next episode will be on Capri's siblings, as I call them, the islands of Ischia and Procida. They're much smaller. They're very colorful, very charming, and less busy. But they will make you just as happy. I've been Googling flights right away because I've been just thinking about this. Stop it. (laughs) Well, you can get to those islands by boat once you're in Napoli. I know, I know. Or? Just got to get there first. Right. (laughs) Anyway, so that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all the reviews and comments and ratings. We appreciate them and all these private messages and emails I get. We appreciate it very much. See? See. Certo. Okay. Grazie mille tutti. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Arrivederci. Oh, bravo, dude. (gasps) Excellent. You rolled your R. You rolled your tongue almost. (laughs) 